Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. It is week five, and we are on Lucifer season two, episode seven, My Little Monkey. And I could, we could linger a moment in the fact that this is week five, but I'm just going to like move right past that because we need to start on the important thing in this episode and this 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 podcast episode and that is guys dan the douche does improv and i think that (laughs) that's the main takeaway from this episode and i'm i feel very like it feels very appropriate yeah it's not a thing i could ever have predicted and the second it happened i was like oh yep this is perfect that's great that's amazing uh the payoff of what he's actually doing in the improv classes is, is good and funny, but the fact that he's doing it at all is really what matters. It's aces. It is. It's really funny in terms of we get another like Lucifer impression from someone else, which is just delightful. But like Allison says, the the reasons he's doing it, I think is also, are also really, really good for the character in a lot of ways of like, I'm acknowledging that I have some things about me that I don't like that other people may not like. And I'm trying to work on those flaws or those perceived flaws. And this seemed like a way to do that. And by God, if there's one thing that you can do in Los Angeles, it's take improv classes. Um, I'm pretty sure that applies pretty much any major metropolitan city. But in Los Angeles in particular, (laughs) you should probably be able to find an improv class anywhere um even now there is somehow right now there's still people emailing about you got to come to my zoom show (laughs) i have many chicago friends who are improvisers because uh, i mean chicago thing um and they are in fact all doing zoom shows you are not wrong (laughs) you know it's not as funny but i do uh want to hear how you guys feel about uh, this episode specifically for dan what did you think of our little glimpse at like baby chloe first day on the job and the, like their little peek at how did these two meet? How did these two, you know, get to be involved at some point? I, I'm going to be really super honest with you, both of you and all listeners and everyone here in the chat. Um, I was very distracted by the fact that they meet in their current police station when we had a completely different police station in season one. And immediately turned to my partner and went, none of this is correct. This does not make any sense. And I don't care for it. Um, so I was just like, no, this, this isn't how any of this works. It probably is how some of it works. And sometimes maybe you start at one station, you go to another station, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it just felt really weird when we had a whole different set in season one that we flash back years later to this, this new set. And I just went, this is nice, but I'm very distracted by the fact that they only had this location to shoot in. <laughs> Um, I had not noticed that. I was more concerned, like, oh, okay, this is a workplace romance? God, I'd like all of the bad things are just stacking yeah, up. This marriage is definitely fair. doomed. Um, but it's, you know, as meet cute meet cutes go, it's not bad. Um, mostly I just was very pleased to have a Dan storyline that was about Dan and not about Chloe and not about Palmetto. Um, I just really enjoyed the change in dynamic it's the first time i've been actively interested in that character in quite a while so um it was a lot of for reasons beyond the improv was a lot of fun mm-hmm. what did we think of uh <laughs> lucy douche no no it was, it was douchefer right was Duchifer. the one yeah what do we think of douchefer 
I think it's, I mean, I'd ship it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's really, it's really funny um, in terms of like just watching Tom Ellis sort of both A, get dressed as how they costumed uh, Kevin Alejandro for Dan, but then also to watch him just kind of like try to mimic um, Alejandro's mannerisms that he's developed for Espinosa, I think, or, or for Dan. I think it worked really, really well. Plus, Ellis gets to put on that American accent, and that's really, really fun. And then the unnerviness of what that is, especially for Dan, and then to have it flipped back on to him in the improv thing, I think also just provides a really nice layer of humor and enjoyment um, that I, it works really, really well. Um, and I'm glad it's there. I'm very, very glad it's there. Yeah. Uh, Kina says, uh, it was nice to be like, oh, here's why they cast Kevin Alejandro. And she also ships the chauffeur because, I mean, come on. Uh, and yeah, it, again, it's like it's like I was saying in season one, they, they're figuring out what to do with Alejandro and what he's good at. And they're just like changing Dan wholesale <laughs> to to make it work, <laughs> which uh, I'm very much OK with. And Marcus, yeah, I co-sign with yourself and the show. Duchifer is definitely better <laughs> than Lucid Dan. Uh, Keenan says, oh, I was also not immune to shirtless Dan. Well, like, and again, so you so jacked. ripped. Very just- ripped. Well, and this is distractingly like, uh, ripped. This is episode <laughs> seven in the season as well, right? This isn't like fresh off of hiatus. They've had plenty of time to like to know this is coming, you know, that kind yeah. of a thing, which is something you see more often. Um, and and especially to have them next to each other, and they're both in ridiculous shape. Don't get me wrong, but just Alejandro's just ridiculously jacked, and it's just fun. The notion of oh, Lucifer, go do some more crunches. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I have one complaint, which is that I I was delighted that Lucifer was delighted by that reveal, but it felt dishonest to not have Lucifer maybe try to hit on him a little yeah. bit then. Mm-hmm. Like that obviously should have happened. And then that, obviously Dan would have said no, but maybe he would have at least been flattered. A little ego boost. Um, that would have been nice. Yeah, but I, I, I was hoping for a little, um, uh, I don't know, like a little something. Yeah, Tanya says, but he was playing Dan, and that's very true. Yeah, that's a good point. Lucifer does commit. (laughs) He does. He's very committed. Yeah. Well, and how did that eventual, like, pivot by the end of the episode work for you guys with, like, the the emotional, like, vulnerability that we get from, or just honesty that we get about Lucifer Lucifer and self-hate and all of that, I thought, landed. But was that enough for you guys to get that bonding moment that we get later on? Or should this be like a first step in a longer progression for the two of them? Are they like good now? I don't know. I mean, Lucifer is still going to be Lucifer, right? Luce is going to lose. Lucy's going to lose. Um, so I can't imagine it'll be smooth sailing. But, but it felt earned and sincere to me. Yeah, I think it's a definitely like a first step sort of thing. I don't think they're good. But I think that what they, well, it's not even that it's necessarily like a first step because the the show this season particularly has been sort of laying the foundation for a lot of like them finding commonalities Uh, through like the body bags um, action franchise to I think there was something else that they sort of discovered that they had in common. And then having this feels like the culmination of that foundation. So I think it's definitely not like they're suddenly good and they're bros and they're going to hang out and stuff. But I definitely do think that there is 
an appreciation for what they both have to offer. And I think that one of the larger things that kind of comes out of this is the fact of the further bits of self-interrogation that Lucifer is doing as a result of this and finds it through Dan, which is the least likeliest places that he would have thought to find it. I think is really good for both of those characters. And it kind of provides a worthiness of Dan for both Lucifer, but also for the show in general, even if he's still semi-corrupt and plays spot fast and loose with the rules. But so does Lucifer. Like Lucifer. (laughs) He's a Lucy cannon. Um. (laughs) Okay. I need you to not say things like that when I'm taking a sip of water, Kate. (laughs) For a second, I thought you were going to say, I need you to not say things like that, to which I was going to strenuously object. No, no, I just didn't want to spit water all over my microphone. (laughs) Of course, we got to protect the equipment. Spit takes, no. Um, Puns, yes, please. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, there's another big part of the episode we should probably talk about, but I just don't care about it and that's everything with chloe's dad um oh wow i'm very invested in chloe but i was i was really struggling to get connected to the specific case of the week um and sounds like that might have just been me so allison sounds like you liked it yeah i mean it's a like a pretty classic um procedural character driven procedural format right like a case from the past with personal ties and I can't work on it there's a conflict of interest but obviously I have to and you I can't do this so you have to do it for me that shit's very familiar but um but I think it works here mostly because Lauren German is really good in this episode I think and because we've spent a lot of time (laughs) talking about hot tub high school and about her mom and not really a lot about the rest of her past. Um, so I didn't care so much about who did it, but I never care about who did it with Lucifer. Um, I mean, if I'm honest and the second somebody gets more lines than it seems like they should have, um, you know, immediately it was them. So I was like, Oh, prison warden. The second he showed up with the boxes, I was like, Oh, it was him. Okay, great. Um, but I just, but I, I guess I'm, I don't know, an easy mark for stories like that because it stirs so much up with the characters. And I think in particular, it was the perfect story to pair with this uh, Duchifer storyline because it underlined, like it made it feasible that Dan would allow this to happen. And because Tom Ellis is so good, um, it allowed for this like, stark heavy tonal thing alongside the hijinks right like it was a very good balance the show always does a good job of that but I think an especially good balance because there was an ironclad reason that Dan was not going to put a stop to it and I'm not sure that with that character there are that many circumstances where I can imagine he would allow this to keep going but this story warrants it because the stakes are so high um so yeah, so I mean, I you know I don't think it was mind blowing, but I enjoyed it and especially enjoyed what it did for the mechanics of the episode. No, so I really, Allison, I really appreciate your defense of this because it's really <laughs> good. <laughs> and it's really well thought out, and I very full heartedly agree with you in everything that you've laid out here. Like honestly, it's very very spot on. You're just completely wrong. (laughs) 
Great. Love it. Well, I mean, here's the thing with me and this episode is that I it's a very sort of sticky kind of problem I have with this episode is that I think that all the stuff in this episode works exactly as Allison has outlined it for all those reasons. Like, everything about it is spot on. Its placement in the overall arc of what we're dealing with is just so frustrating because this is not the time for me to suddenly care about Chloe's tragic backstory because I just want to focus on Linda. And the ways, in, and I understand that you don't want to rush that. And I get that. And that's why this is a sticky sort of thing for me in that I don't want to rush any of the Linda narrative. But at the same time, setting it to a C plot is really frustrating. And then piling on what is otherwise would have been really maybe compelling backstory type stuff for Chloe um, and really good stuff for Lord German, as Allison points out. Placing it here just feels like you slammed on the brakes real hard just when you were starting to get get going on something really, really interesting. And it's kind of hard to separate that because the whole Lucifer arc in this episode doesn't work without the Linda reveal. Um, the reveal to Linda, I should say. So without that, then you don't get him wanting to be a better person through Dan, but you can't justify him shadowing Dan without something like this. So it just becomes like a weird kind of sticky situation in which I find a lot of this episode deeply, deeply boring because it's not the thing I care about because of how the preceding episode ended. So I think Allison's absolutely correct in everything. I just think its placement is wrong. (laughs) See, that's funny because I think you're absolutely correct in everything and its placement is right because Linda, I mean, that the size of that shock, right. like yeah. the size of that realization, um, the, I just don't know that any show is really up to dramatizing that other than just having her be isolated, right? Yeah. Like just she cannot deal and that is how we know she cannot deal because she's yes. not there. So... Um, so even if, and, and I do feel like the ending is as much as I like it and it made me really happy because I just want Maze and Linda to hang out all the time. The ending does feel like a a little bit like they skipped a step, but I'm just not sure what that step would be. Um, so at the, at minimum, I think we needed an episode where Linda is mostly a factor in her absence, um, for both Maze and Lucifer and for the brief conflict that we see between Maze and Lucifer. Um, I I think maybe you're right that this wasn't the storyline to pair it with, but also maybe because again, I really just want Maze and Linda to hang out forever. Um, if it were a, like a more rote case of the week, if it were more boring case of the week, that might've been even more frustrating. Like at least yeah. the, hey, look over here-ness of it was something that was, um, weightier even if it couldn't quite measure up so i agree and also disagree right kate how did you feel about it um, <laughs> and are you going to split this particular baby in half <laughs> that allison and i have created for you well i am here's where i'm at with it i can't i'm trying to think i'm, I'm casting my mind over the whole show and there are episodes that feature linda prominently or where like it's her and another character 
or there's this this one really great standalone we're going to eventually get um that's kind of a Linda episode but also kind of not at all a Linda episode I'm having trouble thinking of a single like this is the Linda episode right Mm -hmm. and it's such a shame because I really want one (laughs) like there are ones I can think of where like like this is the like Maze is gonna get her own episode eventually which just let's let's just follow Maze for a day you know like the Zeppo right and Buffy like the like the let's take the side character or the supporting character and just focus on them and what is their day like every day there isn't a Dr. Linda episode like that really um so far and and everybody who's seen the show already drop in the chat if I'm forgetting something um and I would love it if there had been one around here uh because i i i fully agree with everything you're saying noel i think like i'm watching this and like okay but what is linda dealing with what is she going through what is all that uh but i also fully agree with what you said allison i don't know how they would show that i don't know that they have a way to to do that in a compelling way that is gonna work in the middle of everything else that they have going on because of course we haven't even touched with how's Amenadiel doing? How's mom? Like there's a lot, they're spinning a lot right now, a lot of plates. Um, so I agree with both of you. And Way to so not take then, a side, Kate. Well, so then where that leaves me is to like, to s- separate out from those issues, how does this work? And while German, I agree, is really good here. And I, I so appreciate some of these writing touches of like having her very quickly uh say i know i can't be on this case right i i'm gonna recuse myself from this case i can't like as opposed to someone having to tell her that like there's a lot of little touches like that that i really appreciate um but aside from that i just don't like why does okay so she already has a tragic backstory that her dad was was killed why does it also need to be well because he was it was an assassination by the mob it can't just be enough that that he was killed uh, in, in the line of duty um when she was a kid that's that's enough we don't need more trauma uh, is sort of how i feel about it and so then when you add in the fact that so much of the 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 case that we get here is paint by numbers of this this trope, which is again, I think we talked about Lucifer doing a lot, but doing really well and in interesting ways, such that that's actually a strength of the show, rather, and like how it comments on TV tropes is one of the things I enjoy about it. Here, every all the stuff around that storyline, I think, is good, and the performances in it, I think, are really good. I just love that moment with uh, with Chloe and, and Ella, and I think it tells us everything we need. To, if we were on the fence about Ella, that scene tells us everything we need. It's lovely. Um, the actual like mechanics of the case itself. I'm like, oh, I just don't care. <laughs> I I care about Chloe. I care how about this how this is impacting Chloe, but I don't care who killed her dad. And I think that's a there. There's a problem there when that's your center central part of your case of the week. Uh, and then listeners, in case you are uncertain, uh, I've apparently successfully have that baby <laughs> right down the middle, according to Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> and Tanya says, poor baby. Um, so that's that's where I'm at with it. Um, thoughts? That was great. I didn't want that baby anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't want it either. Uh, no, I think that, <laughs> I think your point about like the fact that we don't care about the whole thing around Chloe's dad being killed 
for some shadowy reason is really poorly plotted, especially with this episode of, wait, what is the warden doing exactly? Or the assistant warden? Or, like, what's the thing that's happening here? Um, from, like, the Patsy perspective with the... the It's a weirdly tangled web that doesn't feel either... It doesn't feel like it fits anything necessarily together. And that makes it also really frustrating to kind of follow. Um, which I think that there's... On the one hand, for me, there's a little bit of charm in the idea of, like, he was just... he wasn't It wasn't even wrong place, wrong time. It was just... He did something and he got too close and then it was just like kind of just done done away with. But on the other hand, it just doesn't feel large scale enough almost because of the lack of clarity in the criminal operation, basically. Um, but also that warden would not end up in his own prison. Like, that's not how that would work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and also I say that, but I I don't want them to have given more time to this so that I would be invested. Don't do Palmetto Take Two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think other shows probably would have given this a longer story, right? Like it would yeah. have been like a mini arc, probably, or maybe a season long mystery that we drop in every four or five episodes. But we know how that went last time. So, <laughs> so I'm okay with it. <laughs> um marcus says i still wonder how logistically he killed the warden killed fields chloe was following them shouldn't she have noticed the warren warden i didn't take away that the warden killed fields i took away that the warden was responsible for uh chloe's dad's death and then they used the same intermediary yeah they used the same intermediary arranged for this one to happen so right yeah that's that's correct but she didn't notice the other guy again I don't, is it a gym or a street? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> but that, that's, you know, and the fact that I'm just kind of glazing over that, I think, speaks to, whereas I can tell you in detail some of the other cases of the week that I'm more invested in. Um, Marcus says, but the forensics were all prison people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he, he hired people at the prison to do it then or yeah. something? I don't, I don't know. Exactly. So it's sloppy, like, it across is. the board. It is sloppy. Um, okay, what about the rest of the episode? We should talk about that last scene with, or even just the runner with Maze. Maze is going to be a bounty hunter, guys. Just feels did right. You, did you know that tracking down humans was a job? <laughs> uh, I can't believe, Kate, that you're not framing this as we need to talk about our Trixie content. Because obviously, Trixie sort of life coaches Maze into her eventual path which is impressive for a child, mm-hmm. but true. she's got some good teachers apparently. Um, yeah. The, the parade of Maze's potential jobs was really fun and silly in the topless maids, but apparently you have to do actual cleaning and all, all pretty great. Um, but I, I love that ultimately the thing that helps it land is that scene is that our second to last scene um, which again, even if it feels like maybe they skipped a step, I think is really effective, mostly because they both just act the shit out of it. And her total delight at having that paycheck with her name on it is wonderful. Just really wonderful. But yeah, Maze the Bounty Hunter can't wait. I want now I just sort of want a spin-off. As much as I like <laughs> Lucifer and as much as I enjoy Tom Ellis, like Maze the Bounty Hunter spin-off, please. Would watch immediately. 
Amazakeen Smith, bounty hunter. <laughs> bounty hunter. I did chuckle <laughs> on seeing Smith on um, as the the name. That's very good. And I mean, I think a lot of us know what that feeling is. Is like it's a paycheck for this thing that like I'm really excited that I get to do. I mean yeah. that that really hits home. And that you know, I think that you know Rachel Harris also like you're saying, Allison, they act the shit out of it. Um, her just cl- complete paralyzing terror is so well played and the fact that like she, like you, i get the sense she hasn't left that room um yeah. s- since you know like i would cancel all the meetings can't even leave the room um yeah it's it's really re- well played and i you know i don't remember the specifics of what's next for dr linda like how they you know continue her progression um but I'm hoping that it's going to be this level of tentative and like kind of pacing things together. I did like, I, I did like that. Can you teleport? <laughs> you have windows open. Um, was, was, was really, <laughs> really good. And the, um, just the enormity of everything and May's pointing out, actually, you're like, you're handling this really well, uh, which is considering the other reactions we've seen, like, that's pretty great. I also don't know that I buy some of the um, way that they have Lucifer reacting to Dr. Linda because they're framing it more like he didn't know exactly what would happen. And he was just, you know, and I think both from the episode and also from our lovely conversation about it, uh, I think it works better if he did. Part of him did know that this was going to happen. Yeah, I agree. I think it's more, just in general, I think maybe the show that we're watching is slightly more complicated than the show on paper, or at least the show as it presents itself. And I don't, I'm not even sure that response makes sense, but there's a lot going on. And sometimes that seems intentional and sometimes maybe it's not. Um, And that's part of it. But yeah, his response seemed a little light after the previous episode yeah no i'd agree with that um yes trixie was delightful so yay still still president of the trixie fan club and it, it, it does speak to the people around her and just like I, I it was it's been fun it's fun to watch the lucifer's reactions to trixie and and may's reactions to trixie and just watching lucifer get a better set is like oh she's actually interesting she's not just like cookie cutter small humans the way that he interacts with all kids but you know it, it's fun to watch that progress. So I, I thought it was really, really sweet. Um, Ella is the total ride or die friend, says Tanya. And yeah, yeah, she is. Um, yeah. And literal and not uh, with the stealing cars and all. Um, the, do we have any other topics that, that we want to uh, touch in on uh, for this episode? And anybody who's listening, if there's something we missed, drop it in the chat and we'll, we'll talk about it. But do you guys have any other things you wanted to touch on? It just, this episode did really make me want an egg in a basket, though. Like, yeah. I've never had one. I, they don't sound appetizing to me. Oh, no, they're really good. They are good. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've never had it as a sandwich, though. Yeah, no, I've never had it as a sandwich either. I thought that was a little bit weird. But um, also, it resulted in Lucifer getting an unwanted hug. And I like when Lucifer gets unwanted hugs from Trixie. So. <laughs> <laughs> ah, not sure what to do with my hands. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> um then any any, any final thoughts allison on this one um not really i mean i i guess i am very excited to get to the second half or to get to what happens after the linda timeout 
because I'm just sort of viewing this one as the Linda timeout. So now we're out of Linda timeout and I can't wait to see what happens next. And I'm just very glad that they went out for drinks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's going to wrap up our conversation about Lucifer season two, episode seven, my little monkey tomorrow. We're going to be back to talk about Lucifer season two, episode eight, uh, trip to stabby town. <laughs> That's where it's going, Allison. A trip to Stabby Town. Can't so, wait. you know, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Thank you to everybody who's hanging out in the chat with us today, which is Keenan and Marcus and uh, SB and Tanya. Always a pleasure to, to chat with you guys. And everybody else at home, we'll be back tomorrow. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.